Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today, I hope hospital patients hear this, part two. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna count down. You're the one who's gonna start, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're already recording, so. Okay. Welcome. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Let me. Let's let me restart. Give... Let's restart. Okay, okay. All right, guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. This episode is going to sound familiar to a lot of you who, who've who been listening to the podcast. And it's because it's a topic we are revisiting from a fresh, different perspective. And we have with us today, Nurse Selena Chang. Oh, yeah. Yay, no longer Choi. I still have a hard time saying that. <laughs> I But I don't have this like connection to my last name. It's uh-huh. just that. I'm just so used to saying Selena Choi. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, well, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And you, I don't know if you know this, but you've been mentioned on the podcast. In I fact, have. Yeah. Did you listen to that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been following. Don't worry. Oh, wow. Thank Number you. Number one fan. <laughs> so on the first, I hope pa- hospital patients hear this episode when I'm talking with Nicole, I do mention you as kind of the other nurse mm-hmm. in our community that we know. Yeah. So I'm glad to have you on because... You know, not all nurses are the same. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys all have different perspective, different thoughts. So before we get into the subject of how you deal with patients and all that kind of stuff, can you just give us a brief introduction on who you are mm-hmm. and, you know, what you do and all that stuff? Yeah, all for that sure. Stuff? So I am a nurse. Um, I work in the cardiovascular step-down unit. So I see a lot of patients who are coming out of open-heart surgeries or who have heart failure or who need who have a heart attack and they have to go through the process of going through diagnostic tests and things like that so um actually a lot of my patients can walk which is Mm. something that a lot of nurses don't don't get the um luxury yeah luxury of because (laughs) they end up having to like clean them up and things like that but um so yeah i work on the cardiac unit and i've been there for three years now um it'll be three years in july yeah, wow. so mm-hmm. that's like next month. And um, I love it. I love working yeah. for my company right now. Um, is they, that what you guys call it? Company? or Organization. How does that work? Okay. Um, so healthcare system. You're yeah. employed by the hospital? Or? Yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm employed by the hospital, and I actually was part of their residency program, mm-hmm. and um, my hospital did an incredible job of, like, stewarding new nurses because mm-hmm. they – put you in classes so you actually know what you're doing and you're not just thrown into a profession that is extremely, you have to be extremely cautious. Right, yeah. Um, So I really appreciated my transition Mm -hmm. and I actually um, love where I work right now. That's a good segue into the next question I wanted to ask you. Can you kind of walk us through your journey of being, I guess, a student Mm -hmm. to finally becoming a nurse? Yeah, so I was at UGA for two years and I originally was a bio major mm-hmm. and a Spanish major, and I didn't know what I was gonna do. I just kind of was like, oh, I'll probably do something in the medical field, but mm. I didn't really have an understanding or an idea of like a specific portion in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a couple of my friends tell me that they thought I would be a good nurse. So I was like, oh, Okay, I'll try it out. Yeah. And so I literally, within a month, mm-hmm. um, 
within a month, I applied for um, one nursing school. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know what? If this is what God wants me to do, then I'll just get in and then that'll be my journey. Mm, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I just wanted to go with whatever. I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do. So I just wanted to see what where God would take me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied to Augusta University, got in and then went to school there. And because I was a bio major, a lot of my prereqs were already completed Mm -hmm. um, so that I could apply to nursing school. So you said you were at UGA for two years? Yeah. So is nursing part of your undergrad studies? Or how does that work? So I have my bachelor's of science in nursing. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so my nursing degree is a bachelor's bachelor's degree. But it it has to be at a school that has that Has a nursing program. Gotcha, okay. So UJ doesn't have a nursing program, so I had to transfer out. Mm. Um, and the reason why I chose Augusta University was because they had an Athens campus, mm-hmm. and I wanted to stay in Athens, mm. especially because of my community and the things that I was building in Athens. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to move away mm. from that. Yeah, and especially yeah. your now husband was yeah. in Athens, right? Yeah. yeah, that's where we met. So, yeah. Her husband, by the way, it was my previous guest, Connor, so... If you guys remember the end of that podcast, you, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll give you a chance to talk uh, at the end of this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So you graduated from Augusta. Yeah. You alluded to being part of the residency program at the hospital that you're at now. Mm-hmm. And so once you finished that, you kind of just got your employment at that same Yeah. Same so place. the residency program is, is employment. It's okay. just part of your employment. Mm. Um, so a lot of new nurses they have to be enrolled in a residency program because they don't really know what it they don't really know what it means to be a nurse Mm -hmm. so there's all this extra training that has to go on um and if you don't if you don't find a good residency program you're kind of screwed as a new nurse because you're just thrown in and there's so many things about the hospital that just a normal person or even person even a person in nursing school would never know about Mm. so So, yeah. dang, so you're, would you say you're an exception? Like, are most nurses thrown into the fray without proper, well, I don't want to say proper, but adequate, well. I think that, I think that most nurses um, get connected with residency programs, mm-hmm. but there are residency programs that don't necessarily go through the extensive training that mm. my healthcare company did. Okay. Wow. So, you would count yourself blessed. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. And they're actually the only residency program in Georgia to be certified. Wow. Yeah. So So what does an average day look for you as look like for you as a as a nurse? Um so it's different for all nurses. Mm-hmm. Um but I think Nicole touched on it. Mm-hmm. We give out meds. So the morning starts off with shift report. Um and we have actually it starts off with huddle so we talk about all the patients on the floor what's going on um, the important facts that we need to know before we get started mm-hmm. then we go into shift report get our three to four patients um, and I think Nicole when she's in the ICU she takes care of takes care of two patients mm-hmm. um, and then when she's in the step down unit she takes care of three to four patients which is kind of like me right um, and after shift report, I basically just look up my patient's labs, my patient's orders, and my patient's medications. And I make sure I know everything about their medications and about their orders before I go into the patient's room mm. because sometimes they ask me questions 
and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> um, and they'll just bombard me with questions at 7 a.m. And I'm mm. like, I just got you. Like, let me try mm. to figure this out first. Yeah. Um, but we, I give, I make sure I know their medications, their labs, and their orders. And then um, I look through their progress notes and the doctor's notes about them from previous days if they're if they've been there for more than one day. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I will basically just get my meds for one patient go into the patient's room, introduce myself a little bit more, kind of get some rapport. And then if their room is messy, I'll clean up their entire room. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm just a little bit of a neat freak in the (laughs) hospital because Uh I want things to be orderly Mm. or I feel so like clustered and I feel like my head is spinning. Um, So I went... once I give them their meds, um, or I'll do their assessment first, I'll do a head-to-toe assessment, make sure that they are, um, they're stable, mm-hmm. and then, or if they have any complaints, like if they're in pain, I make sure to go get their pain medications and things like that. Mm. Um, because I see a lot of surgical patients, my assessment can take a little bit longer because they might have chest tubes or they might have Foley's. And, um, What's a Foley? So a catheter Foley is huh. what we put in people who who uh, either can't pee mm-hmm. or who had it because they had surgery. Oh, okay. But usually we take it out as soon as possible to reduce the risk for infection. So, like a tube to extract urine pretty much? Yes, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to get too graphic here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it d- depending on what's going on with the patient, the assessment can take somewhere between like 5 to 15 minutes. Okay. And then um, if the patient or family has any concerns, I will sit and talk with them for a little bit. But usually I try to keep that as minimized as possible because mm. I have to go on to the next patient. Mm. And then um, if the doctor comes around or things like that, I'll talk to the doctor, see if there's anything that they need from me for the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on my floor, anything can happen. Like a lot of times... I'll be in the middle of passing meds and I'll get a phone call from CMU. It's the um, central monitoring unit. Okay. And they tell me if there's like an abnormal heart rhythm or something like that. Uh Because all of our patients have heart monitors. Right. And that could throw me off course completely. Mm. And I would have to contact the provider, make sure that they... um, Make sure I get some orders to start medications. If I have to start a drip or something like that, then... I'll have to do that or yeah, anything can throw off a normal quote unquote normal day. Right. Wow. So you, you mentioned that you have around three to four patients a day yes. or at, at a single time, I guess. Yes. Okay. And all your patients are people who had some form of, is it heart surgery? Yeah. Or, okay. So most of the time they come from open heart surgery. Like mm-hmm. someone, let's say someone has a heart attack. They will um, go through a bunch of diagnostic tests and then they will, um, if they have to have surgery, they go to surgery, then they go to the ICU for one to two days Mm -hmm. and then they'll come to our floor and I will basically be taking care of them, uh, taking care of their post-op day three, four or five. Oh, wow. And I'm sure it's a very stressful time for the patients and their family right for sure they that's when they have the most questions because Mm. they're closer to getting home Mm. they're like oh my gosh how am i gonna take care of my family member when i get home right or some people will take it to the next level and they will ask me every detail Mm -hmm. that you could ask about like Mm -hmm. 
how do you want me to wash their hair? Or I'm just like, oh, wow. Uh-huh. That's just do it normally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I can relate because actually my dad had a heart attack when I was、uh, in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he, it was a very high stress situation for,、yeah. for all of us,、um, especially because my dad was the sole breadwinner of the、yeah. family at the time. So, yeah. I'm sure you'd have to deal with a lot of family members. Dealing with that kind of stress, huh? Yeah. And I actually like talking to family members.、Mm. It's just when they ask me like 200 questions that are exactly <laughs> the same、yeah. over and over again.、Mm. And it's, it just gets really tiring because、mm. most of the time I get the same questions from, this, from different people.、Mm. So. Actually, can you hold that thought? Because、yeah. I'm going to actually ask you about things that annoy you in a minute. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that happens often. Okay. So, what motivates you to like wake up in the morning and continue being a nurse and like, you know, go into the hospital and do your duties as a nurse? Yeah. So, if you listen to Connor's podcast,、um, one of the things that he mentioned is this idea that. Everything is a means to something. So,、mm. when I went into nursing, I didn't think that it was my calling.、Mm-hmm. I just thought of it as a means to what I wanted to do in the future. And I don't, and I still don't necessarily know what that looks like.、Mm. And、um, nursing has always just been a means for me to one, help, help people,、mm-hmm. and two, to figure out what I wanted to do、mm. um, in the meantime. All right. So, my passions were always to.、Um, well, I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually had a really huge heart for missions.、Mm. And I wanted to be a missionary. Like,、okay. I wanted to go to. I wanted to. Um, um, like, when all that stuff with Syria was going on,、mm. I wanted to go overseas. But my parents were completely against it.、Oh. Like, I didn't even want to work in a hospital.、Mm. Um, but. I decided to just start working in the hospital, see where that takes me.、Um, but I eventually realized that maybe it wasn't necessarily, maybe it was a passion that formed out of a place of wanting to be a good Christian、mm. instead of necessarily what God placed on my heart. Right. So now, coming into 2019, as a nurse now, three years later, after all of that kind of. Transitioned, I realized that I wanted to use nursing as a way to serve the community, to serve a community like even like Clarkson, Georgia, where、mm. there's refugees. Right.、Um, there's a huge refugee population. That's always been on my heart, too. So I don't know. there's There are a lot of different things that you can do with nursing,、mm. but I'm actually. Um, back in school, as in nurse practitioner school at Georgia State. And even that, like, I, people ask me what I want to do with my degree, and I don't really know, but I do believe that it is a means to wherever I'm supposed to be called into.、Mm, okay.、Um, but in terms of waking up every morning, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> it is very difficult.、Mm. And I think that my role at work. So, I kind of talked about my day to day, but actually,、yeah. that's, that's pretty rare because I'm actually used as a preceptor and a charge nurse most、okay. of the time. So, can you kind of explain what a preceptor、yeah. and a charge nurse is? Yeah.、Uh-huh. So, a preceptor is someone who trains other nurses.、Okay. And a lot of times, actually, I love doing that because I love teaching people and I love explaining things to、mm. new nurses. Because when I was a new nurse, I didn't necessarily have a great 
preceptor. Mm -hmm. She didn't really let me do a lot of things. And it made me feel like I wasn't learning. And Mm. I hated that. So I took my experience and I wanted to give a better experience to the nurses that were coming into our unit. Mm. Um, And yeah, I really like the educational piece about it. Mm-hmm. And then a charge nurse is basically someone who runs the is in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't when I'm a charge nurse, I don't have any patients. I basically just make oh. sure all my nurses are doing what they need to do. And technically, every patient on the floor is my patient. So you're kind of like the manager. Um, I can't like I can tell people what to do, but ultimately, like I'm not anybody's boss. Mm. Uh, I definitely have more say, but. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you're, you're at least the coordinator then, right? Somewhat. Mm. I, yeah, like if I have a new patient coming in, I can direct which nurse is going to have that patient. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But um, I I think that just the aspect of educating, I really enjoy. So whenever I have a new nurse, I actually really enjoy going to work because unless I've actually had several, two or three bad experiences with new nurses, mm. but I won't go into that. Um, Why not? You can go into it. Okay. <laughs> it's just because like some people, they don't listen to you mm. and they don't, they think that they they know what they're doing and then they mess up. Right. And then they still mess up over and over again. No matter what you tell them, they won't. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to teach in a situation where someone's life is at stake too. Right, right. So as a charge nurse, do you ever have situations where patients or family members of patients will come to you and say i want a different nurse oh yes for sure it has not it doesn't happen often but it definitely it definitely can happen actually one time a, um, a nurse told me that they didn't want me to be their nurse or i'm sorry a patient's family member uh-huh. told me that they didn't want me to be their nurse uh-huh. but i was the charge nurse Oh. So it was it was like one of the experience one of the only times that like I was a charge nurse and I had to have patience because mm. we just had an overflow. Right. And I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. You get what you get." Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was the charge nurse. Uh-huh. I was the one in charge. So yeah. it is what it is. Does that happen often though? It's it happens more often than you think it would. Okay. Yeah. Or it happens more often than it should. Mm. Because, well, the reason I asked that, this is kind of a personal question, Mm -hmm. but being that my wife is about to have a baby, one of the things that we read up on is because during that labor process, high stress for the mother is not desirable, right? For sure. So one of the things she read is that if there's a nurse that's not, I guess, not compatible with you, Uh that you should ask the charge nurse to replace the nurse. Will they be offended if that happens to us, if we do that? No. Okay. No. I think if you're reasonable, uh-huh. then it's completely fine. So the only reason why I said no to the patient's family member when they asked me mm-hmm. to change nurses is because they were being completely unreasonable. Uh. All I had done was go into the room and introduce myself. Wow. Yeah. It was. It's It's actually part of my crazy story. So. Okay. Okay. We'll get yeah. into it more later then. But okay. no, if you, it, seriously, if you have a problem with a nurse, with Shirley, mm-hmm. you need to say something to charge nurse before anything starts. Okay. Because from the beginning, like if you notice something that you don't like, mm. then you just need to change it. Okay. And well. they won't get offended. They just will do what they need to do to make sure you are comfortable and you are taken care of. Awesome. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So, do we want to get into? Wait, unless did I cut you off? No. no okay. I don't even know, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I want to get into. So you you talked a little bit about you're gonna be a nurse protect nurse practitioner. Yeah. And because nursing right now isn't necessarily a passion or something that. Um. Okay, so whenever people mm. ask me how if I like my job, mm-hmm. I always say I love my job. Mm. I love working. Like, I I enjoy the days when, of course, there are bad days. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be bad days, but I love what I do. Um, but the reason why I decided to go back to school was because a year and a half ago, or it might have been two years ago, okay, one of my patients fell, mm-hmm. and it wasn't my fault, and someone in upper management, my boss basically, mm-hmm. yelled at me in front of the entire nurse's station oh my gosh. and threw me under the bus and humiliated me. Mm-hmm. And I was a new nurse. So it's like, it was traumatizing. All like right. I was actually traumatized. Mm-hmm. And then like 30 minutes later, she pulled me into her office and basically said like, like just yelled at me even more. And then wow. she, she basically said, I'm not going to apologize for yelling at you in the middle of the nurse's station. And I was like, what? Yeah. And then um, I went into the bathroom and cried. Uh. And then that night I looked up nursing programs uh. <laughs> at Georgia State. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I get into school, I'm going to go. And then mm. within a year, I was in school. Oh, wow. It was because of that one night. And I will never forget it because mm. I was like, I'm not going to be treated like a freaking child Mm. because the amount of work and dedication it takes to be a nurse, you should never be treated like that. Like if anything, your manager should be on your side. Mm. But ultimately everything's a business and everything is about the numbers. Mm. Nicole actually mentioned falls in her podcast because it was, it's, it's a huge thing. Like if someone falls, it will fall on the nurse no matter what, even if it's not the nurse's fault. Mm. And um, I felt so unjustified. And it, even to this day, I feel so much resentment mm. against it. Yeah. And I I had to come to a point where I just let it go because it was affecting the way that I, like my mindset going into the hospital. Mm. So I'm happy that I'm in school, but I still love my job. Mm. And I believe that I, for me, like I want more autonomy in my practice and I want to be able to affect communities in a bigger way. Mm. So a huge reason why being a nurse practitioner is important to me is because nurse practitioners can provide prescriptions and they can do assessments and make diagnoses and things like that Mm. and work alongside doctors and there's just a lot more that you can do as a nurse practitioner in versus being a nurse. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, I remember my dad had his gallbladder removed mm-hmm. a few months ago. And one night his pain was so high that we had to go to the emergency room. Oh. But this was at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. None and of the doctors are there. <laughs> none of the doctors were there, but a nurse practitioner came. Yeah. And she was able to assess him and she gave prescription for pain medication and things like that. So yeah. when I think of uh, nurse practitioners... I don't because before this experience, I thought nurse practitioners were just a different flavor of nurses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. 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 But now I'm seeing that nurse nurse practitioners are more 
they're close to doctors, right? Yeah, in, no, in the they things are. that they can do. Yeah, no, like um, I went to a primary care clinic recently just for uh, just a checkup, mm-hmm. and I didn't even see a doctor. I just saw a nurse practitioner, mm. and she did my whole physical assessment. Mm-hmm. She ordered the labs that I needed, so. And yeah. so as a nurse practitioner, do you think you'll be working at the same hospital or different hospital? Or do you have enough autonomy to do something else? So the my program is called Family Nurse Practitioner Program. Mm-hmm. And you cannot work in a hospital if you have an FMP. There mm. are loopholes. Like if you know a doctor, you can get in. Mm-hmm. But it's typically not allowed. Um, But if you get your acute care nurse practitioner degree, then that's when you can work in the hospital. Mm. So if I decide to do two extra semesters, I can work in the hospital. But Mm -hmm. if not, I'll end up in a primary care or a specialty care clinic. Okay. And is that what you want to do? I'm not sure. (laughs) You don't know? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of up in the air. Like, I don't even know if I would even want to work in a clinic. Mm. I'm just kind of, I, I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. So, I'm going to get into the juicy subject. Yes. Yes. First question I'm going to ask you is, what patient behaviors annoy you the most? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, there is literally so many things uh-huh. that I can say. But one of the things that comes to mind is what I said before. If you're going to ask me the same question hmm. more than, okay, I think three times is okay. Like, if you just really don't get it, Hmm. I don't mind explaining it to you. I actually, that's why I said, like, I love explaining things to my patients Hmm. because it makes them feel like they're part of their care. Like, they're they're not just in this black zone where they don't know anything. But if they actually know what's going on, then they're more likely to take their medications like we ask them to. Mm -hmm. They're more likely to do the things like deep breathing and things like that that are really important in their progression towards healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually really enjoy talking to my patients about what they need to do mm. and like explaining their medications and their progression. But when they ask me more than maybe like five to seven times, <laughs> I feel like I'm losing it. Mm. Like I feel like my brain is going to explode. Mm. There was this one time, it was shift change. So shift change, I actually get really antsy because I want to go home. Mm. And shift change doesn't start till seven. So I still have to give report to four nurses on four different people. So typically I don't leave the hospital till 7.30 or 7.45. Oh, okay. So I go into this patient's room who I've explained their, it was about their discharge plan. Mm -hmm. I explained to them their discharge plan at least 10 to 15 times that day. Mm. And each time I did not raise my voice. I was very patient with them. I tried my best to explain every detail about their discharge process. And then we go into the room with this other nurse mm-hmm. and where I'm giving shift, cha- shift report. And he asks me what the discharge plan is. <laughs> and I just start, I almost start bawling because I was so frustrated. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And I, ro- I raised my voice. I was like, if you're not, I literally just my voice elevated maybe about two times this. I mm-hmm. was like, if you're not gonna listen to what I say, then I'm not gonna speak with you. Oh wow! And I was like, please do not ask me this question any longer. Mm-hmm. I've already explained this to you multiple times, and my voice started shaking, <laughs> and I, I like slammed the door and I walked out of the wow. room. Wow! 
And the nurse that was with me, I felt so embarrassed because she obviously hasn't seen the entire day. So she's just seeing me explode on this patient. Right. (sighs) It was so frustrating. Mm. And that was an extreme case. Mm. I actually do very well with like, even if they ask like five or seven times, I still try to be patient with them. It's only if they, if it's almost like excessive and you just can't get through to them. Right. Yeah. Like nothing you say will change their perspective on the situation. Mm. And that's what frustrates me. It's like they don't have an open mind to, they want to hear what they want to hear mm. and they're not willing to have an open mind about what is actually going to happen. Mm. So yeah, that's one of my biggest things. Do people ever come in with like family remedies you know, or not even family remedies, but like folklore you know wives tale remedies oh my goodness and do they ask oh can i do this okay let me tell you okay okay um not really not very often but there was this one family i will never forget them they um they i think they were i don't don't know exactly what culture they were Mm -hmm. and um so this wife she kept saying she was a nephrologist which is a renal doctor a kidney doctor okay so she kept trying to tell me what to do. And she was like, you can't give this patient this medication. You can't give this patient this medication. Oh, why are you doing this test? Why are you giving, what is the lab results on this and this? And I, it was like constant, like she was um, micromanaging me mm-hmm. as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And she basically was saying that because she's a doctor, she knows better than me. Wow. But it's not like I'm making the, I'm not making the plan. The doctor that's taking care of the patient is making the plan and I'm executing it. So um, she basically, the doctor that I was working with said she was lying the whole time and she's not a, she's not a kidney doctor because they tried looking up her credentials Mm -hmm. and it was not anywhere on the internet, Mm. which the internet, you can find anything. You can can find my credentialing on the internet if you wanted to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, yeah, that was, it was so ridiculous because she would say all this stuff about how um, he needed like five separate cups of different things. And it just got to a point where I wasn't taking care of the patient. The wife was. And I was basically a slave to her. Wow. Yeah. Anything else? Any any other annoying behavior? Yes. If you are going to look up something on Google, <laughs> like go home. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I'm just kidding. Your doctor knows best. Mm. Your doctor is skilled and he knows he knows what it says on Google. Uh, but there's this thing called evidence-based practice and you're not going to find that on the first search, on your very first search thing mm. on Google. Right. And the doctors, there are also a lot of complicated situations. And if you're just going to Google something and throw it at the doctor's face mm. or even at my face, it's it's not helpful for anybody mm. because there's a reason why things are done the way that they are and there's a reason why someone someone's getting a certain medication yeah another thing is this is my last one this is a very <laughs> strong one okay don't tell me what to do just ask me what to do like ask me oh. ask me to do it mm. i will there was this one time i was discharging a patient and we were um we were going I was, he was in a wheelchair and he had really weak legs Mm -hmm. and he was like, pick me up, pick me up. 
you better and he was cussing at me and oh, calling wow. me the b word and saying like you need to pick me up right now and i was like i literally i sat him down i looked at him straight in the face i was like if you can't respect me right now then we're gonna stop this all together yeah. and you can figure out your own way of getting up and going into the car yeah because i didn't have to help him i wasn't even his nurse mm. and he he just kept yelling at me and telling me what to do mm. and a lot of times if someone repeatedly does that i will call them out and i'll say hey next time could you please ask me to do that because mm. they'll be like get me water and i'm like do right like <laughs> yeah 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 this is <laughs> I'm a human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not, you don't have to, like, treat me like a dog. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand they're in high stress situations. And this is, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is the norm, especially with Southern hospitality. Right. A lot of my patients are very kind and respectful mm. and say thank you all the time. But there, there are a handful who will tell me what to do and, yell at me mm. if they don't get it done if yeah. i don't get it done terrible it's sad how human decency can go out the window in these situations yeah it really breaks my heart to yeah, be honest yeah i'm just like i feel just like some i just feel like a wooden play toy and i'm just being told what to do the mm. whole day yeah. anyway i'm gonna ask you a question that's kind of the reverse of the first question I asked. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you do to patients that they find annoying, but you need to do? And oh, just to sure. give you an example. So Shirley and I, we went to the ER last Christmas Eve uh, because we had a scare when, while she was in her first trimester. Mm -hmm. And we were there for, I don't even know how long, like four hours, five hours. Mm -hmm. And she had the IV mm -hmm, mm -hmm. needle thing in her arm the whole time. Yeah. And it was really annoying for her and she wanted it to be taken out after the bloods were drawn and all that mm -hmm. but later on we actually found out that it was because in that sensitive situation they needed it in there so that they can give her whatever iv medications as as urgently as you know if if the situation called for it as quickly as they could right and so we understood but at the time we were like dang why did it, it's gonna take two seconds to pull it out why isn't she taking it out yet so Ed, can you think of things that you've encountered yeah to that? yeah so one of the things that a lot of people hate are socks mm. so we have these non-slip socks okay. and all our patients have to wear them oh. it's a policy mm -hmm. Is it related to the whole fall thing? Yes, okay. yes. Mm -hmm. There are so many fall things, <laughs> okay. prevention things. Uh -huh. um, yeah, you have to wear non-slip socks. Mm. Actually, this happened my last shift. A woman was like, those socks make my feet sweat, which that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But any, and I don't mind if they take it off during when they're in bed, but the minute that they get up and have to go to the bathroom or they have to walk, they have to wear their socks. Mm. And there are some people who literally abhor it like they they do not like those socks mm. so that's one thing and then we also have our heart monitors like i told you before those things weigh like five five seven pounds they they're pretty heavy they're like a brick mm. um and they have to carry it in their chest pocket especially if they're walking around mm. or else it'll just fall off and people will always ask me almost every ship every shift they'll be like oh can i take this off yeah. and i'm like oh i'm sorry but 
that's how we know your heart rhythm and your heart rate. Right. So yeah, there's just so many protocols. Bed alarm. Oh my gosh. People hate the bed alarm. What is that? Bed alarm? Yeah. So <laughs> every single, it might not happen to Shirley because okay. it's, it's a little bit more lenient on labor and delivery floors because um, people that are getting are having births mm. are usually Shirley's age. So they're not at risk for falls. Mm-hmm. So basically if someone's in bed, we can put a bed alarm on them. And if they get out of bed, it will ring and it, oh. it's so loud. It's mm-hmm. like intense. Mm-hmm. And then it will ring outside of their door so that we can go in and save them basically. Okay. But people like at, on our unit, it's, it's policy to put it on every single patient, mm. no matter what, how, no matter how young they are or how stable they are. Okay. So sometimes I'll get like a patient who's 40 years old, super steady, super great. Mm-hmm. And then we have to put the bed alarm on and then he tries to get up to the bathroom and <laughs> it will scare the out of them. Right. right. <laughs> and it, that's on the nurse's part for not explaining the process to them. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, they hate bed alarms. Okay. We also have chair alarms too. So they, they don't fall out of chairs? So if you try to get up out oh, of the wow. chair, uh-huh. yeah, it's like um, censored. We put a pad underneath them. Wow. Yeah. So that's to prevent people from falling off or to alert you if they've fallen off of where they're supposed mm-hmm. to be? Or? It's alerting us that they're out of bed. Okay. So uh, another thing is, is a nurse has to be in the room if they're getting up. Oh, yeah. okay. But there's so many situations where if you have like a 40-year-old or 50-year-old patient and they just want to walk around in the room, mm-hmm. it's very unrealistic for the nurse to be in the room the entire time. Right. So there are exceptions to the rule and it's kind of the nurse's judgment. But if something happens, it's the nurse's fault. Mm. Like if it's if even if the patient's really young and super steady and you weren't in the room, mm. it's your fault. Mm. And sometimes you have to take that risk because... The patient will get really annoyed. Mm. And when you're charting, you just have to say, patient refused bed alarm. Patient refused this. Mm. So that's, I, I have to chart that, chart that almost every day oh, if wow. they refuse the bed alarm. Mm. So you can refuse things. Like Shirley could refuse her IV, but it's to her best benefit and good that she does it. Right. Yeah. So there's a reason you guys do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you a topical question. Okay. That's something that happened. Well, it's not super recently, mm-hmm. but something happened. And this happened after my podcast with Nicole. Uh-huh. And I was sad that I couldn't ask her opinion on it. But now <laughs> that you're here, uh-huh. I can ask you. So State Senator Maureen Walsh of Washington claimed that most nurses probably, quote unquote, played cards during their shifts. Mm. And there was a huge backlash surrounding that, right? Yep. I wanted to get the nurses... A nurse, you, your opinion of that statement and how much or how not ridiculous it is. It is incredibly ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so intensely ridiculous Mm. that I don't even know where she got this from. Like, I don't know if she's had a bad experience with the nurse or I don't know anything about her or her background in understanding what nurses do. Mm -hmm. Or if she even understands what nurses do. Mm. But, I mean, I've gone on a shift where I was on my feet running around for 13 hours. Oh, wow. And that's that's most of the time the norm. Mm. So the only time I have downtime 
And this this is also another reason why I love orienting nurses is mm-hmm. when they get to a point where they can do things on their own, I can kind of sit down on the in, in the nurse's station and like do whatever I like. I can even do personal things. Like if I have to write up emails or things like that, then I can do that mm-hmm. because they're taking care of my patients and they are reporting back to me. Mm. So that's really the only exception to when to, to that right. is what is when I have another nurse doing my work for me because <laughs> uh-huh. I'm orienting them and uh-huh. they have to do that. But any other time I go home, pa- literally I just pass out. Mm. I eat dinner and it takes all of me to sleep, um, to stay awake past 10 PM. Oh wow. If I work that day. Mm. And when I was dating Connor, I wanted to like extend my time with him mm. and if he wanted to come over at like 7.30 or something like that and I wanted him to stay later, I would try so hard to keep my eyes awake, like to keep my eyes open. Right. So it is incredibly ridiculous. Mm. And um, there was this one day I was working with my friends and I was like, we should Instagram story, a story of us playing cards <laughs> and make a mockery out of this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how how not correct that is. Mm. And then, I don't know if you know this, but that senator also meant, the reason why she was saying all this stuff was so that she could get nurse shifts to be eight hours, I think. I think that's what she said. Okay. And instead of eight hours instead of 12 hours Mm -hmm. to make it more normal. Uh But how would you feel if Shirley had three nurses in one day? Um, Right, right. To constantly have this turnover of nurses and there's going to be missing information in between those mm, nurses. There's going yeah. to be like a lack of full, and I won't necessarily get the full experience out of an eight hour shift. Right. I mean, there would be time to get time to get to know that patient, but 12 hours really is like, is a very good shift for a nurse. Mm. It's not only for the nurses because they work three days a week, but also for the patients because they can get to know the nurse and they can establish a rapport and trust with the nurse. And then they only have to make the change one more time right. in that day. Oh, that's a good point. I actually didn't, when you first mentioned, I, I didn't hear about this before, mm-hmm. but when you first mentioned she wanted to reduce from 12 to 8, mm-hmm. my initial thought was, well, oh, that should make it easier on the nurses. Yeah. But I guess I didn't think about it from the patient's perspective. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. So. And nurses would hate eight-hour shifts because it would be... I think it would be like 7 to 3, 3 to 11, and then 11 to 7. Mm-hmm. Imagine having to come in at 11 p.m. Oh, wow. And yeah. then staying till 7 a.m. That would <laughs> just be terrible. Yeah. So pretty definitively saying that what she said was incorrect, right? 100%. Inc- I've literally never played cards. <laughs> I've been a nurse for three years. I'm pretty sure the nurse that I work with who's worked there for 20 years mm-hmm. has never played cards. Yeah. I don't think we've ever even played a game. <laughs> we, I mean, there's definitely time to chat and things like that, but yeah. that's like in any work situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the norm is to be running around and to only be, like my mind when I'm at work, 99% of the time, it's so focused on the patients that I don't even have time to, I don't have time to think about even going out and getting coffee. Mm, like yeah. going down to the going down to the first floor to get coffee. Like the cafe or yeah. the, the cafeteria, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm really glad I got a nurse's perspective on this. Yeah, she doesn't know what she's talking yeah. about, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right, but before I ask my next question, though, 
I know I feel you have a lot of things to say about this. I want to give you a chance to say anything that I might have not asked a question on. Anything in general you want to speak on. I want to give you a little... Before I ask my question about, you know, crazy hospital stories. Mm -hmm. Okay, one thing that I want to... I think one of the questions that you put down on the thing was that, Mm -hmm. like, what would you give advice... Oh, yeah. yeah. To, mm-hmm. the pe- to people who are pursuing nursing degrees. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really care about is having an open mind and always being willing to advocate for your patient. Mm. So for me, I have seen a lot of nurses come through who aren't willing to do the tasks that like our nurse assistants have to do. Mm. For example, wiping their behinds. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Or taking them for a walk or cleaning certain areas yeah just just stuff that nurses obviously like obviously nurses don't have a lot of time and there's there's split between a lot of different things and they have to multitask but if you're sitting in a chair and you have nothing to do and someone is saying hey your patient needs to go to the bathroom don't immediately just give it to the nurse tech go and do it yourself Mm. Um, for me, I really appreciated my time as a nurse tech. I was a nurse tech for a year during nursing school. Mm-hmm. And it taught me that your job is to advocate for the patient mm. and nothing is too below you. Mm. And I've come across multiple nurses who think that those kinds of activities are below them. Mm. And it really frustrates me because... I'm, I would rather the patient not have to sit in their stuff mm, yeah. and wait like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour for the nurse tech to get to them because mm. they're busy doing something else than for me to just go in there when I have nothing to do and I just help them out. Mm. Even if it's not my patient. Like, don't ever say, oh, that's not my patient. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you should just do it. You're a nurse. Yeah. Um, and I think like, you asked me kind of our day-to-day things. Yeah. And one thing I didn't mention was that nurses are kind of, like I said, they're the advocate for every for the patient. Right. So they talk to the physical therapist, the occupational therapist, the consulting doctors, the um, speech therapist, the dietitian, the nurse educator, the IV team, the phlebotomist. There are so many people who are asking the nurse the questions because the nurse is the sole caregiver in the hospital Mm -hmm. so i think that the i think a lot of patients don't realize this that we're constantly in communication with all these different um aspects of the hospital and um they yeah they just don't realize how much we're doing to advocate for them so that they have a good holistic experience in the hospital Hmm. and um but one of the things that i wanted to mention yeah was that the hospital is not a hotel. Yeah, yeah I've, I have it. I see on your notes that you have it in red letters. Yeah, <laughs> it is not. It is not a hotel. Mm. If you if like I do not need to be washing your hair every day. Mm. I do not need to be cutting your toenails. Yeah. I, wow. Do you, have you done that? No, I say no. Oh, yeah. I say that's... absolutely not. <laughs> but I've been asked it multiple times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Or like. They'll just ask me some crazy stuff and they'll like, people actually think that, that you should be treated like a queen when you're in the hospital. <laughs> and I'm like, 
am I here to save lives or am I here to be someone's servant? Right, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of like, if there's one thing that people should know is that you shouldn't expect the same treatment that you get in a hotel as this, the kind of treatment you're going to get in a hospital. Right, because you're at a hospital to get better, not to be on a vacation. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, one thing I do want to point out is in hearing you talk about your job, and Nicole actually gave me the same vibe. She said that some, she said similar things is, nurses, you guys, I, I actually invite you on this podcast to allow you to vent and talk about some of the things that patients do that are terrible because I see the high stress situations that you guys mm-hmm. get into. And, you know, like you said, the hospital is not a hotel, but a lot of people treat it like it is. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give you guys a avenue to vent. But I found both of you actually end up advocating for the patients. And I feel like that's such an awesome, like it makes me feel good to know that there are nurses like you out there. Yeah. Even during a time where I'm giving you, I'm literally asking you, hey, say some bad things about, <laughs> about patients. But you yeah. guys end up, you know, coming to advocating for the patients yeah. and their well-being. That's, that's awesome. Don't Thank get me wrong, that. though. Yeah. There are really bad nurses out there. Mm. Oh, I'm not going to sure. lie. There's some very bad. It's actually well, with every, you know, with every <laughs> job or every profession. I'm sure that's, that's yeah. the case. Yeah, it's actually pretty easy to get a nursing degree. Mm. I mean, nursing school is very hard, but mm. there are a lot of programs that make it kind of, I don't know, just they. There are some people who don't have the same kind of standards, mm. and or some programs that don't have the same standards as other universities, and sometimes. I'm like, how did you become a nurse? <laughs> what are you doing here? You should not be a nurse. You should just go home and figure out your life. Well, then for the listeners, if you're at one of the local hospitals, make sure you ask for <laughs> Selena or Nicole. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is my favorite part. This We got a pretty crazy story out of Nicole last time. I'm going to ask you. I've heard of you, and any of those stories are pretty pretty juicy they are pretty crazy so can you tell us some crazy nursing stories um okay so i i guess the juiciest one that i can think of that happened recently was the Mm -hmm. shooting oh yeah um and it it wasn't like it wasn't like on the news or anything because Mm. there nobody it it wasn't like an active shooter was going around Mm -hmm. killing patients so basically we just all of a sudden, I was in the, I was near the end of my shift. It was like four or five o'clock, and the intercom said "Code Silver," and "Code Silver" means active shooter. And whenever we hear that, they never do drills, so it's for sure it is happening. Oh wow! And all my nursing friends went to the nurses' break room. Mm-hmm. And I went to the linen room and I texted them and I was like, where are you? Because <laughs> I was like, I want to be with you guys. Because <laughs> I was so scared. Yeah. And and the linen room is like all the way down the hallway from the break, break room. Oh, and I was wow. in the linen room. And the reason why I went to the linen room, I was the smartest because there's a code on there and you have to know the code to get into the, oh. into the room. Mm-hmm. So I was there. I was in there by myself for like an hour but it comes to sh- comes to it we we come out it they said that we could be released and they basically said they didn't announce this but 
the other nurses found out that someone had shot themselves. So this family member had found out about a, um, I think a, a patient's prognosis or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they went into the middle of the like visitors area yeah. and they shot him, they shot himself. Oh my gosh. And yeah. he, and then all the nurses and the doctors tried to revive him, mm. but there was blood everywhere and he bled out. And by the time they try to get him to the ER, because you can't just like start triaging someone right then and there. You have to go to the ER right. to be triaged. So he passed away by the time that they even try to get him to the ER. So crazy. But what was crazy about that was it was, from what I heard, it was intensely chaotic on that floor like people Mm. were running around like animals and obviously we haven't been in this kind of situation before so a lot of people just didn't know what to do yeah and this was like two days before your wedding right yeah something like that it was it was recently yeah yeah but i think it was crazy for me because i i was literally locked in a room (laughs) for an hour and i didn't know what was going on yeah and anytime i heard a noise i thought it was the actor oh my gosh yeah but it wasn't it yeah Oh, that's so crazy so i guess it's not like a personal patient story but it was something crazy that happened yeah, in the hospital that is scary yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. anything else um i'm trying to think we i recently had a patient who uh came in because he needed to have surgery mm-hmm. open heart surgery mm-hmm. but it kept getting pushed back because he had an infection but he was completely like walkie-talkie patient which means he's like one of us like he can walk around and do his own thing and things mm-hmm. like that but he was an amputee like he had a he had a leg that was amputated okay but he had a prosthetic so he could use the prosthetic to walk around mm-hmm. but for some reason the prosthetic wasn't working the way it should mm-hmm. and he kept trying to manipulate it kept trying to tell me like i want to get up i want to walk around and i was like you can't because the prosthetic's not working yeah and he was driving me nuts and he just started peeing all over the floor what? to get my attention. <laughs> he just started like, I was like, hey, make sure you use the urinal. Uh-huh. No, he, in order to get me into the room to help him to get up out of bed and to walk him around, he would just pee all over the oh floor and try to gosh. get my attention. <laughs> like that's what, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like who does that? Yeah. And you know who has to clean that up? The nurses. Oh my gosh. Like. You know what environmental environmental people say when I tell them they need to clean up the floor? They say, oh, have you wiped it up with a towel first? Wow. Like, they don't just do it for you. You have to, like, make sure it's not slippery. and. So basically, you have to clean it up before yeah. they come and clean it up. I put some gloves on, <laughs> got, got, like, five different ta- five towels and cleaned it all myself. Mm, wow. And he kept doing that. Wow. And um, Nicole asked, actually talked about having a call bell. Mm-hmm. And... I like how she used it as like, oh, patients should use their call bell. <laughs> but for me, um, from my experience, some patients use it way too much. Mm, like mm-hmm. they will, they will press it like every five minutes. And this guy, he would press it literally every five to 10 minutes mm. asking for something. And, and then I would go in the room and he's like either halfway off the bed, peed on the floor, or he pooped in his pants like he's just trying to get my attention Mm. and he's wasting my time Mm. and it just drove me nuts wow yeah gosh that's my worst nightmare yeah Yeah. (laughs) crazy what about that didn't you have to like jump onto someone's chest to keep them down 
and perform CPR or something. <laughs> what was that about? I feel like Connor made it sound way too intense. <laughs> but no, basically like someone coded uh-huh. and that just basically means that they either went into V-fib or their heart, heart stopped. Um, either they went into this really abnormal heart rhythm or mm-hmm. their heart stopped. And I was the first one to notice it. Mm-hmm. So I went into the room and I just started compressions. But mm-hmm. it wasn't, he made it sound so intense. But I, <laughs> the reason why I had to get on the bed was because uh-huh. I was too short. Uh-huh. So I like put my knee on top of the bed and mm-hmm. then I didn't get on top of him. I just was like over him and then I had to get on the bed and start doing compressions. Uh-huh. But he was a big guy. So I had to, I was sweating by uh-huh. like the first 30 seconds. Yeah. Me and Shirley recently took a baby CPR class. Uh-huh. And we were doing the oh thing on the dummies. <laughs> yeah. But even that, if even for the baby, it's like really tiring. So yeah. I can only imagine for, yeah. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Because you have to use two fingers. <laughs> for a baby. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like muscles you've never used. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. That No, that even that sounds very intense to me. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think Connor <laughs> made it any more intense than it. Yeah. Originally, yeah. yeah. We actually recently had a patient. I was charge nurse, mm-hmm. and um, we had a patient who she was completely fine throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of sundowners? Mm-mm. Okay, so sundowners is when patients get crazy when the sun goes down. Oh, like they just start they just start like either hallucinating or like they're confused, they're delirious, they don't know what's going on. Huh. They don't realize they're in the hospital. Uh-huh. So. I had a patient recently while I was on charge nurse, well, while I was a charge nurse who had sundowners and she went nuts. Like she was so, she's super calm. Like uh-huh. throughout the day, she's so sweet, such a nice patient. The minute the sun went down, she turned into the devil. <laughs> like we had to get the security there. We had to put restraints on her. She hit one of my nurses. Oh, wow. Like she literally grabbed the, the heart monitor, the brick that I was telling you about, and hit one of the nurses Oh, my with it. gosh. And she was like super combative. Hmm. And um, we ended up having to give her like medication to make her calm down. Oh, do you have a bad. lot of these people? Are they- no, you know, it's interesting. Like uh, other units like med surge units mm-hmm. might have a lot of these kinds of patients. Mm-hmm. Because they're kind of the overflow units, but because most of my patients are cardiac patients, hmm. we don't really get that. But unless they have a bad experience with anesthesia and they're just confused. I had a guy hit on me one time <laughs> when I when he came out of a cath procedure uh-huh. because he had a sedation and then he was kind of half asleep uh-huh. and he was saying all sorts of crap, crazy stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I need to get out of this room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. People say really inappropriate things. It's terrible. Well, it's you can't really blame them though, right? Because they can't really control it as much, right? Yeah. Coming out of anesthesia. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. No, but I'm sure it doesn't make it any less. Yeah. Traumatizing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, before we we close out, I do want to give you an opportunity to respond to what Connor said last time, and just to remind you and the listeners what he said. He said he really enjoys being married to you because you guys don't have to part after hanging out. Right. Because you guys are going to the same house. One thing he doesn't like is how messy you are with your clothes. Okay, first of all, <laughs> that happened one time. <laughs> I I usually do not just leave around leave my clothes around. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I was by my when I lived by myself, I did that because I was so tired. Yeah. But because I know that about Connor now, mm. I try to put it in the laundry. Right. Yeah, two sides to every story. Yeah, I really don't think I'm that messy though. <laughs> um. But in terms of what he said about 
uh, what he loved. Mm. I agree with him because, or that's like what I love about it too. Mm -hmm. But it's because I never felt at home anywhere. Like when I was growing up, I never really felt at home at my home. And then living with a roommate, it doesn't feel like your whole home is your home. Right. Yeah. But now that I live with Connor, I feel like I have a home. Oh. So yeah. that's like my favorite part. That's awesome. So yeah. what is your least favorite part? Give us your one complaint. Okay. My only complaint is I, we're just on such different sleeping schedules right mm -hmm. now. Mm-hmm and we never go to sleep at the same time uh -huh. <laughs> and i mean we i think connor tries to but he's just on such a different sleeping schedule than i am at and i think it would be unreasonable reasonable for me to ask him to wake up at 6 a.m right yeah but he'll go to sleep so late and i just have to pass out mm, and then yeah. i'll like see the light turn on at like 1 or 2 a.m 2 a.m and uh -huh. i'm like i think it's the morning and i freak out <laughs> I seriously freak out, and then I just have to go back to sleep. Right. This yeah. has happened multiple times. <laughs> or funny. I'll say something in my sleep, and I don't realize it. And yeah. then Connor the next day will be like, you said this. And I was like, what? I don't remember. <laughs> but that's not good for me. Like, oh. It's not good to like wake up in the middle of your sleep. Come on, Connor. <laughs> be a little bit more or respectful. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing, really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I had a great time talking to you. Me too. Yeah, and again, I, I said this after the podcast I did with Nicole, but I really do hope people who didn't know about what nurses do come to realize that what they do is very tough and they do advocate for patients all the time and right. they are there to help you heal. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things, some of the things they do might seem annoying, but it's for your betterment and they might get annoyed. It's because they work extremely hard for you, us. So yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you for the, what you do. And I look forward to you becoming a nurse practitioner and <laughs> excited to see what, what that looks like. Yeah. And for so, sure. yeah, thank you for being on. And thank you to just you and your husband for being on. And we had a great talk. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And thank you for having me. Of course. You are welcome back anytime. Next time some stupid politician says something crazy about nurses, I'll, oh, I'll be yeah. back on. <laughs> for sure. I got it. Awesome. <laughs> well thank you everybody for listening if you had any thoughts regarding this episode or any questions to selena or anything any sort of feedback please email at ihthtpodcast at gmail.com that's i hope they hear this abbreviated or come to my facebook page at i hope they hear this there will be a post related to this episode so you can comment you can interact with us Anything you want to address towards Selena, I'll make sure she gets the message. So feel free to do that as well. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.